Alright, John chapter 10 this morning, this afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. <laughs> Sorry for the delay. Brandon decided to go off and be dying on us for a little while. Yeah, I just learned that I am capable of doing anything for a short period of time here. I kind of overdid. Uh, some, I was feeling really good there for a while. And so then I found out that you need a, to be restricting yourself a little bit more yeah. than you thought. <clears throat> Excuse me. I did not restrict myself enough. Mm -mm. And I have been like, yeah. Enough about me. <laughs> Let's get this Bible study started. But go ahead and, and before we start, take, take a, a prayer. Yep, do that. <laughs> and take a minute to say a prayer before we start. I always pray before every Bible study, before every podcast, that the Lord will be able to use me in whatever way uh, he can to speak to people. Mm -hmm. And he never lets me down because I get message after message from people saying that... Oh, more than we ever yeah, which, could have imagined. It's awesome. So mm -hmm. it's very encouraging and it's I get a selfish enjoyment out of it. So it's it's really to cool to see work. God work it really in people's it's lives. Fun. Yeah, it is. So um, I really enjoy it, and but we want to make sure that everybody is in the spirit and that the Lord is is guiding them through this as well, and that you're not just listening to me ramble on about it. And then, of course, if there is anything at all that we can do for you, for your family, um, in whatever way it might be, prayer, counsel, questions, concerns, literally anything at all, maybe you just need somebody to talk to, whatever it is, Brandon and I are available to you guys all day, every day. You can go to APHomeChurch.com. There's a little chat box on there. You can send us a message right away. Brandon gets it right on his phone, Instagram, email, all the places all of the things so we will offer it every single time we do anything but if there's anything at all that we can do to serve your family please let us know yep ready all John right we're going 10. into jesus right now is um got a still is talking to a crowd of pharisees and various various people here that he's talking to but he, there is a group of people that are challenging everything that he's saying because that's fun. So and if you haven't listened to our previous Johns, go ahead and go back and listen to them now. Because things will make more sense. We talked about that, yeah, in the earlier ones. Um, again, thank you for everybody sending really sweet messages. And it seems like a lot of people are having a good time with doing John. So make sure you listen to the other ones and it'll make a little bit more sense. Um, but we're going to go ahead and start reading in here. So, yeah, Jesus got that. And then... I'm not going to stop for the first little bit, I don't think, because Jesus explains what he says here sure. right afterwards, so we'll just let Jesus explain what he says. What? <laughs> I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they, they don't know his voice. 
those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. That would be uh, false prophets and, and false messiahs that came before Christ, because yes, there was even false Christ before Christ even got on the scene. Imagine that. That, um, that claimed to be the messiah. The Son of God. Verse 9. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Okay, we're talking about kind of, uh, you know, multi-layered things here. This is one of the prosperity preacher's favorite verses, right? John 10.10 10, that the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life so yep. they take that and, well and this means Jesus is going to bless me with all that, the things yeah, I want yeah I get a rich and satisfying life right yeah and if you don't have that there must be something wrong yeah I don't know I'd say forgiveness of, of sin and eternal life is a rich and satisfying life and Amen. that would exactly be what he is referring to mm -hmm. <laughs> not any kind of materialistic Garbage that these prosperity preachers try to. Well, and you know out. that because when you take all of Scripture and you <laughs> harmonize with everything, I mean, he's also promises persecution. So sure. how would he and promise he persecution? Well, it, and, and he does. He does offer a satisfying life here too. You just have to uh, just retrain your like focus. Yeah. And, yeah, and you have to, you know, that what that's what requires you to become very humble, and have the fruit of the spirit because then you see the 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 wealth that he gives you in in even in this life you you get it so but that doesn't necessarily to, mean like that does not mean that everything's gonna go <laughs> perfect for you and you're always gonna have money and never gonna struggle no that's not what that means at all all right verse 11 right yep. sorry your daughter is podcasting ufc fights nice i just got a notification on my phone <laughs> uh what'd you just say 11 I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run up when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he is working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Right, that, we were just doing our Ecclesiastes study. I guess it was a couple weeks ago now. And uh, we were talking about how the wisdom came. The wisdom in Ecclesiastes came from the one shepherd. Mm -hmm. So we see right this here Jesus shepherd. referring to himself. It's another I am statement of Jesus. But he is claiming to be the shepherd. And the sheep that are not of the sheepfold that he's talking to in a broader sense here is he's speaking to Israel at this time of his ministry and you know speaking to them and referring to the Gentiles of the sheep not being of the sheepfold 
and that he will bring them in also and that they will listen to his voice and they and then we will all be one so we've got a the larger picture of that in there as well hurting yeah okay. <clears throat> go ahead all right 17 mm-hmm. 17 the father loves me because i sacrificed my life so i might take it back again no one can take my life from me i sacrifice it voluntarily for i have the authority to lay it down when i want to and also to take it up again this is what my father has commanded that's <laughs> crazy does he say that he has the power to res- resurrect himself from the dead? It, I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. It means that he re- he has the power to resurrect himself from the dead. That's to insane. let himself pass over and to resurrect himself back up. Yep. And for this is what the Father has commanded. And that was a very large statement into the group of people that he was speaking of, as we'll see here, or speaking to, in verse 19. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Remember, this is still the same conversation of of Jesus after he had just healed the blind man with the saliva and the dirt. And uh, so it's the same group that they're going, wait a minute. We've never, ever seen anybody ever healed of being blind or given sight after being blind from birth. And then others still was like, nope, he's possessed. Clearly demons. Clearly demons. That makes sense. That makes sense. He's saying all this crazy stuff. But isn't it amazing to look at how far, like, and this happens in our own lives, where the truth is right there in front of us, and we know it. We know it's God working and moving in our lives, but yet we will go to, like, the craziest lengths to, like, produce some kind of ridiculous story in our own minds. You know, like... Clearly, that's not it, you know, when we're not willing to submit to God, you know, almost like that Jonah way of things where you keep running from it and you're like, nope, nope, I can't see that. Nope. You know, but you look at this where it's like, well, clearly, I mean, I'd much rather go with this story of demons, you know, that that's what's doing it than just believe what's so clearly right in front of my own eyes. Like I saw what happened and I'm still choosing to go with the story of, yeah, demons, that maybe might make sense somehow all right this next part coming up here um obviously we're going forward a little bit of time here because we were looking at you know we were in probably what september october because we were in the feast of uh, were we in the feast or were we in the wine pre- oh no because we were talking about the wine press about something else yeah we we're talking about the wine press sorry i'm we, trying we, to keep our recording straight <laughs> yeah you, now you're gonna confuse me all right well then yeah, anyway sorry. So, yes, but now we're going now. Yes, because we were in the fall and now we're in the winter festival. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very interesting here because we're at the Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. Yep. Which you've done your, uh, you just did the videos about the feast, didn't you? It did, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean Hanukkah being probably one of the most. I don't know. That's probably my favorite uh, out of all of all of the 
biblical holidays. Biblical holidays. Holy days. Um, just because the ultimate looking forward to Christ that that does. But this is the first time that it that it uh, it came to pass. So that's what picking up in verse twenty two. It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. So isn't that funny to think of, that the mm-hmm. Messiah was walking through the temple Well, because if in you guys Jerusalem. don't know about Hanukkah, but right. Hanukkah is the Feast of Dedication, the Festival Correct. of Dedication, because when Antiochus Yagus Epiphanes desecrated the desecrated temple, temple, he went in. It was about 160 something BC. Yeah. And so then they they get the temple back, the Maccabees, right? They leave this revolt, they get it back, but they have to rededicate the temple because if you know your Old Testament um, instructions, there are very specific things that have to be done for the temple of the Lord. I mean, it's incredibly detailed. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. These things have to happen, and so that's the miracle of Hanukkah. Yeah, it was in December of 164. Yeah, where the oil lasted long enough or whatever. So the fact now that they are in the, the... current at the time temple and the messiah is literally because that everything that happened with the original time with antiochus epiphanes is a foreshadow of what's going to happen with the antichrist in the temple the third temple that should be built very shortly here and so to see the messiah in the temple that's pretty crazy walking around doing this i mean this is just this is huge. i want to go bring up one more point though about um the the given the sight to the blind and then being accused of the demon we that is completely contradictory to the old testament teaching that the lord gives sight to the blind Mm -hmm. so isn't that that's something that they should you know that they Mm -hmm. see in there and then the charge of being demon possessed and they're like it should have been something that just snapped like the lord gives sight to the blind you see that in exodus yeah and you see that um also in psalms so they should have noticed that, like, right that off the bat. That should have been something that, yeah, that's just mm-hmm. another one of those little things there that, that's why some believed and some didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but going back to the temple here, so 24. The people surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in, this, in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I have, told, I have already told you and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. The father and I are one. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. Jesus said, at my father's direction, I have done many good works. For which are you going to stone me? <laughs> they replied, we're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You're a mere, you, a mere man, claim to be God. So that's weird that when, this is one thing that you'll hear a lot of people, um, a lot of different religions, matter of fact, the Jehovah Witnesses, uh, they kind of change this up a bit too because they're, the Pharisees are clearly saying or the, his opposition is saying here that you, a man, are claiming to be God. 
So yes, Jesus did claim to be God and Jesus was God. Yes. So this is one of those those verses that gets twisted a lot, but it's a very important very important little little piece here. All right. Uh, verse 34. Jesus replied, "It is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say, you are God's." And you know the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say, I am the son of God? After all, Father, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works that I have done, even if you don't believe in me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Then once again they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was baptizing and stayed there a while, and many followed him. John didn't perform miraculous signs, they remarked to one another, but everything he said about this man has come true, and many who were there believed in Jesus. All right, looks like we're going to make it two chapters today. <laughs> You just never know with these. Sometimes you never know because this is, I don't know, 11 might not be as quick. All right. So we'll jump into 11.1 here. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha, who never get anything recorded ever. <laughs> Shout out to Lex, who doesn't listen to these. <laughs> Verse 2. We are, right. I am if praying that Lex's life will calm down soon yeah, and we can start busy. recording. If anybody is confused by that, Heidi's little um, part-time series that they do on YouTube. Our woman here. thing. Yeah, your little lady thing. Yeah, we call it Mary more call than Martha. call it Mary more than Martha, and we always make fun of Lex because it's kind of always her fault that we there's never any of those. Oh, it's totally always her always fault. Always her fault. Apparently so, she has like a life and a family. and <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. We kid in love. Um, yeah, totally kidding in love. But anyway, so yeah, that's that. But anyway, verse 2. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive, per expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But the disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, There are twelve hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. Then they can see because they have light, the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping... He will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come on, let's go see him. Thomas nicknamed the twins, said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would have not died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. So Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe in this, Martha? Okay, real quick. Um, not all um, Jews at this time believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees did not. The Pharisees did. So that was an important statement uh, that Martha gives there, knowing that there's a resurrection of the dead on the last day. 27. Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, The teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would have not died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled, within, welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. I'll stop right there. That is just uh, there's there's a bunch there's a couple different theories there on why Jesus uh, was was crying there, but mine is that he in the deep anger welled up within him, uh, or he was angry in his spirit, as some other translations put it. But he was angry at that moment. He to me, he looked around and saw the result of sin and sickness and death in the world and that was a human moment for Christ where you know even though he was truly God and truly man he was truly man in that moment we're realizing the hopelessness of humans so much so that he even even wept because of it because it is sad it's it, it's sad to see these things um, that we see every day we see pain suffering sickness death you know and it's tragic it's horrible and there's a certain um, element to that that even God understands even though we are completely at fault for everything uh, there's certainly a reality to knowing the result of sin that 
we could have never understood the fullness of when we first, you know. Well, I think especially to remember Lazarus was a good friend of his. He's friends right. with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Like they were Right, they were good friends, friends. Period. So, I don't I don't know. They they think that uh I know there's a couple theories there that maybe she is uh she's freaking out and Jesus is kind of sad because of her lack of faith or whether or not she can he'll raise Lazarus. But I just really don't see that there in that moment. Him more because, so being overcome right, by the results of seeing these things. Over with emotion, correct. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had anything to do. I think the anger that welled up inside of him was a, a holy anger at death and the, the, the realness of it. I mean, he's looking around at, you know, his, his friends, his, you know, these people that, that he knows and obviously he cares about. And, uh, you know, just to see it from a different kind of perspective, but still have the human perspective, I think was a big moment for him there. All right. So verse 37, or no, I'm sorry, 36. Cause I left off on the yeah. shortest verse mm-hmm. there. Jesus wept. All right. Verse 36, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said this man healed a blind man. Could he have kept Lazarus from dying? You see, they said, too, on uh, 36, see how much he loved him. Mm-hmm. He was crying out because of lo- the love of Lazarus. So we could see it wasn't like an angry, you didn't have faith that, you know, that I can't That's where do I think your idea or, of just this, this being overcome by the emotion of seeing all of this. and from. Right. It being someone close to him, you know, to go through that loss, he still had to grieve. He still had to go through that just like a normal human being. Right. All right. Verse 30. Did I read 37? Uh, that's what you just read. Okay. okay. Yeah, 38. So 38. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told him. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been in there for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled a stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here, so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do, they asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. That right there is one of the... Go get your highlighters if you don't already have them out. But right on verse 48 there. What were they concerned of? They just saw... Or they were just told that this dude raised... 
a guy from the dead after four days. And so clearly, this guy is a lot bigger than anything that they'd ever seen. But what are they concerned about? They're concerned about their temple and their nation. Their, their possessions and their country. Mm-hmm. And yet we think we're so different today. How is that any different? We see the Lord work everywhere in life, but we are so wrapped up. In our possessions. In our possessions and our country. It's the same thing. We we do the same exact thing. We look at these, we go, oh, stupid leading Pharisees and then leading priests and all the high council. You guys are all so stupid. Now we do the very same thing. Verse 49. Caiaphas, who was high priest at the time, said, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for a whole nation to be destroyed. He did not say this on his own as high priest at the time. He was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. And not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all children of God scattered around the world. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. And as a result, as a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He went to a place near the wilderness to his village, the village of Ephraim, and stayed there with his disciples. It was now almost time for the Jewish fa- Passover celebration, and many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early, so they could go through the purification ceremony before the Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus, but if they, but as they stood around the, stood around in the temple, they said to each other, "What do you think? He won't come for Passover, will he?" Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately, so they could arrest him. <laughs> oh well. It's amazing the things we'll do to go to keep all ourselves. kinds of lengths to deny Jesus. Still not much different. So we get uh, tomorrow, we'll get into chapter 12, and obviously getting to the latter part of Jesus' life and ministry. So things get a lot more hectic and interesting for him coming up here. So, quite an acceleration of events coming up. Gets really exciting. So. Thank you guys again so much for hanging out with us. My brother is here to bother us now, so I guess we're going to go ahead and have to end this.